Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend that you did. I am your host, Casey O'Brien, and I'm joined by, well, my little dude, <laughs> Patrick Mallon. Patrick, how are you doing? Hey, Case, doing pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. Ran a trail 10.5K this weekend. Whoa. I got second place in my age what? group. Yeah, but there were not very many runners. I think there were like 25. So. I'm astounded. <laughs> but you are like an athlete. You're a jock now, Patrick. No, I, I mean, I cannot yeah, emphasize enough how, how few runners there were. But it was still very, it was still cool. It was still very. Do you think you look good experience. running? No, I don't. And I think about that when I'm running. And, and then when mm. I start thinking about that too much, I start to worry. And then I kind of like change my gates a little bit. I, mm. I, I worry that like I run too open toed like a duck or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. You want me to film you when we're in Austin I would, running I so would, you can see yourself? I, I kind of do. But then I'm worried that it'll look so awful that I'll never want to run again. So it's <laughs> some men run elegantly. They do. And some don't. I've seen and people run and I'm like, that looks so good. That is, that's. You look like a gazelle. Yeah. It looks like they're a, a Spartan warrior and others look like that. <laughs> totally uncool. Patrick, are you ever going to run a marathon? The people are asking. <laughs> um, I don't know. The half marathon was pretty, like, I just can't imagine doing that twice, like back to back. Yeah. You know, I maybe. I think if I if I have an eighteen mile day at some point, if at some point I run like eighteen or yeah nineteen miles, that's, then that's I could not, feel that, confident. Yeah, enough. you're over the hill at that point. I think you're over the hump. I should yeah. say, not over the hill. Uh, the most oh, I did cool. was the half marathon, so thirteen point one. I don't know. Is it, Leah a runner? Mm-hmm, yeah, she did the trail. She also got second in her age group. Wow. Yeah. So we have a fun little photo of us in our silver medals. That's great. Yeah. The silver foxes. Yeah, the That's what we could call you. Foxes. That's very cool. Yeah. Do you listen with me? Do you have music in when you run? I did for the half or marathon, the but not for the, the trail city. run. The trail run was very, I had never done a trail run like this. It was much more technical than I anticipated. There were lots of rocks. It was actually pretty tough. Rocks. Yeah. Okay. So you could very easily roll an ankle or slip. or. Oh, you have to have your concentration. You can't be listening to Dave Matthews <laughs> in your headphones <laughs> yeah. while you're running. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I would have been okay with headphones, but I guess maybe it was for the best. That I didn't have. Yes, it, yes, yes, yes. Um, how was your weekend, well, case? Very good. Oh, it was delightful. I saw two movies in theaters. Actually, I'm gonna stop because I'll I'll cover this in the letterbox rundown. But I had a movie, big movie weekend. Love that, love that. And I'll explain more later. Okay. Cool. Uh, but Patrick, yes. do, before we get too far, do we have any patrons we must kiss? <laughs> we do. We have. Hold on. Let me pull up our extensive roster so many people it's gonna take years before we thank everyone okay you ready case yep all right so straight out of tampa florida tampa bay well here's a common misconception about it tampa bay is the bay there actually isn't a city of tampa bay there's the city of tampa and then there's the city of saint petersburg and they're part of the tampa bay area I'm I'm flummoxed. I know. I, can't I didn't know about know this, this either until I visited back in August of 2019. I went to a Rays game. So there well, is no I, city of Tampa Bay. They call it Champa Bay. Bay. What? Be- they call it Champa Bay. What do you because mean? Because they've won so many championships uh, lately. <laughs> oh, the Lightning? 
the Lightning, the Buccaneers, and oh, also the Devil Rays were in the World Series. They too. were in the World Series, yeah. It was wild. The year win. after they dropped Devil, if this is if this doesn't prove the existence of God, I don't know what does. But the year after they dropped Devil from their name, they made it to the World Series. Mm, I forgot that you've turned very Christian lately <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm very slowly going to turn this into an evangelical yeah. uh, podcast. Someday we're going to end up watching one of those horrible Christian movies on this. I'm like, why? You're like, this is actually like a really good movie. You I really do shot. want to watch God's Not Dead, but you keep rebuffing. I really those. I follow a TikTok account that reviews and like posts videos of like Christian movies. And it's so funny and they're so crazy. <laughs> and I always recognize actors that are in them. And it's just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I, anyways, I, continue. <laughs> Tampa. Yeah. So from Tampa, we have William Rivers. William? Yeah. How's it going, William? Thank you so much for being a patron of the farts. Truly appreciate it. Yes, thank you, uh, William. Wild Things was set in Tampa, wasn't it? Definitely Florida, obviously. I don't know if it was a maybe a fictional Magic suburb Mike, of the, Tampa. Magic Mike is, though. Is it? I, I haven't seen Magic. guarantee you that. You like the sec- Do you like the sequel more than the original? I like the original. Trisha thinks the second one is far superior to the first one and far superior than any other film ever made. It's she your favorite said movie? It. Yeah, she said it's one of the best movies ever made. Did Steven Soderbergh do the sequel, too? Nobody produced it. Mm. See, I think that's why I didn't see it. If they didn't have that Soderbergh stamp. I mean, I there guess it did have technically the stamp of It's approval, almost but. artsy-fartsier because oh, really? there is no, there is like no plot to speak of. Like, <laughs> it's like, it's like shirtless men on a road trip. And it's almost like it puts you in a place where you're like, is this artsy-fartsy? <laughs> like, it's so insane. <laughs> I would like to uh, watch what it. Is, <laughs> What is Williams's recalibration, my man? William has a great one. He's got... I'm excited. uh, And it's semi-apropos, considering the passing of Peter Bogdanovich semi-recently. William Mm. Rivers' favorite Artsy Farts movie is The Last Picture Show. What a phenomenal film. I love that movie. I love that movie. Me too. Oh, like an arrow through my heart. I think about that movie a lot. Me too. I think that's one of my dad's favorite movies, actually. I remember getting that movie in the mail on Netflix, and I was so excited because I had heard about it for so long, and I just love the premise of it. And Yeah. I also got that on uh, DVD from Netflix, too, and being excited yeah. to see it. It was, it, was, it was one of those movies that I remember just like hearing a lot, like in early film circles, forums, and yeah. stuff. Like It was kind of those must-watch, you got to see it, and... It lived up to the hype for me. I loved it. It was very effective. Oh, yeah, me too. It was very disappointing, in, though, because I always assumed I would be at a pool party where everyone is nude and <laughs> yeah. has yet to happen. Yeah. And in this movie, it felt very commonplace <laughs> it or it seemed very normal. And uh, yeah, it set us up alas, with unreal- I haven't experienced that yet. <laughs> yeah, it set us up with unrealistic expectations Truly. for teenage and college age pool parties. <laughs> I know. What a bummer. Uh, did you read the book by any chance by Larry no, McMurtry? No, no, no. Very good book. It's actually it's actually um, a trilogy of books about Dwayne, Jeff Bridges' character. Mm. And uh, I believe the second one is called Texasville, and the third one is just called Dwayne's Depressed. <laughs> oh, and I could have the order of those uh, wrong, but those are the two subsequent novels. Did you read those two? Those uh, also? I did. Yeah, I read all three. I really oh, Larry McMurtry wow. a really great author. Um, his oh, son is a sure. country western singer named James McMurtry. He has a famous song called Choctaw Bingo. Check it out. Okay, thank you yeah. for the Texas Rex <laughs> from the Texas kid, Patrick Mallon, my little dude. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm William, give, thank you. Oh, yeah, we need to do thank scores. You. I'm going to give it a 7.8. 7.5 for me. 
Okay, very good. Thank you. And if you want to become a patron of the farts, go to patreon.com slash farthousepod. A new feature of the Patreon. we got a Discord going now, and it is blazing. It's on fire. I'm People are chatting. Really excited about it. I can't believe anyone joined. <laughs> I can't believe anyone listens to the show. I can't believe anyone joined the Discord, but it is bopping. I had to turn off notifications because there was so much going on today. You did? Yeah. That's funny. I'm, I'm really glad you joined. I was skeptical of whether or not you would. Were you a on lot, the fence? A lot of people were talking. A lot of people were skeptical. <laughs> but I'm here. What's I wanted cool to be a part of the party. I had FOMO. What's kind of funny is you've kind of created like a cult of mystery around yourself a little bit. Because Does that you, piss you off? It kind of did. Piss you yeah. off? <laughs> like everyone was like more excited when you joined because it's like, I know. of course I'm going to join. Great. I had nothing else to do. <laughs> and you joined. I, you know what? Like, I just saw one giant eye. He said, hey, Casey, nice to meet you. I did not reply. I'm replying right now. Okay, hey, good. one giant eye. Nice to meet you. I did you. see you I can't leave wait him hanging keep... and it got me a little anxious. I'm sorry. I there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on. But hi, one giant eye. It's a it's a pleasure to meet you, and uh, I'm looking forward to further conversations, future conversations, I should say. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Patrick, Letterboxd rundown. How was your week? It was okay, actually. I watched um at home. So I was in San Diego last week, as uh, real yeah. ones will know slash recall. Uh, watched Cronenberg's Cosmopolis, which I had never seen. <sighs> had you seen that? Fuck no. I, Can I tell you something? Yeah. I'm going to say something that's going to floor you. Okay. I've never seen The Fly. Oh, that's pretty shocking. And I like I would say David Cronenberg is one of my favorite directors. I think the reason I... And I'm, that's like the only movie I haven't seen. I haven't seen Cosmopolis. I haven't seen The Fly. I haven't seen Map of the Stars, but I've seen every other one. You've seen M. Butterfly and Existence? No, I haven't seen that oh. one, I guess. And what was the other, second one? Existence. I guess I haven't seen that one. Mm. Those but are pretty minor. I've seen a lot of them. Yeah. I was looking at my letterbox stats because I felt like I had seen more of Cronenberg than anyone else, but Scorsese and Spielberg are just so prolific. Those are the, I bet those are probably your top oh, two really? as well. Actually, no, you probably have like 600 Guy Madden entries. You're probably right. I don't think that's true, but I, I don't think Guy Madden's the front runner, but he's towards the top, I would say, of movies i've seen i feel like I it just would have kind to of be spielberg spree. for almost everyone just because of how prolific Maybe. he is and how many box office Maybe. slam dunks he's had slam dunks slam <laughs> oops. Uh, okay great continue patrick um well i do want to say about cosmopolis i was not super keen on watching it when it i, I was very excited when i saw the trailer and then it was a very mixed bag of reviews and i was like eh, i'm gonna pass on it and it and i kind of wasn't didn't really care about it for a long time and then I guess when Crimes of the Future was announced, I started like digging back into what I hadn't seen. And... Oh, I watched the trailer, by the way. What do you think? Put it in a needle yeah. <laughs> and inject it in my veins. I know. Because I was like, this is exactly like, it's so Cronenberg-y. Yeah. It's like, I'm just so excited. But also it feels like a nice progression too. It doesn't feel so much like he's like playing the hits. No, I mean, exactly. we'll find out obviously, but it felt like it progression yeah it felt like yeah i was excited yeah i feel like honestly has he done anything set in the future like mm. a, a true sci-fi like that very good question that excited me so i can't think anyways, of anything continue um so there's cosmopolis and then oh basically what i was going to say was i think that i kind of got my my hopes were up when i first saw the trailer down for a long time when i saw it was a miss bag and then i just kind of read a handful of reviews that was like oh this is kind of better than people gave it credit for so then I got my mm -hmm. hopes up again and I was like, eh, this is fine. It's fine. It's just, it's a really tough 
Have you read anything by Don DeLillo? He's the author of the book Cosmopolis. No, I have one of his books on my to read list and I can't remember which one. He's a very but, difficult like postmodern author. We read yes. well, I've only read one of his books. I read it in college. I think it was Mao. Might have just been called Mao. I forget. Anyways, it, it, it's it's tough stuff to film. So it was it was okay. It was impressive for what it was. Um, then mm. watched. Um, I actually need to finish it. I fell asleep watching, but got through. Underworld is the one I have on my list. Okay. By the okay. Way. Um, then I watched. Um, I got like two thirds of the way through the Long Goodbye, which I had actually never seen before. Robert Altman's Long mm-hmm. Goodbye. Have you seen that? Yep. What do you think to of me? It? Minor Altman. I didn't love that one. And I love Robert Altman. Yeah. I, it has all the trademarks of Altman, but I'm just kind of like, meh, I don't know. I, I was I was thinking about this actually on the trail run. I was thinking about Robert, Robert Altman is actually an incredibly idiosyncratic director in a lot of ways because he kind of yeah. sets films up. Or like, I don't know, you read the premise from one of his movies and you think it's going to be pretty straightforward, interesting narrative. But then he kind of like... The narrative's always kind of going on on the periphery or in the background. At least that's not exactly yeah. what he's interested in. Um, yeah. Which is fine, what's but it favorite? always kind of disarms me. What's your favorite Altman movie? Nashville. Me too. Nashville's great. Ugh. I remember watching, the first one I saw was Gosford Park, because I remember, you know, it got so much Oh, I've actually Oscars. never seen that. I, I didn't like it. I saw it when I was pretty young. Like, I was like 14 or 15, and I was like, this is, I don't get what's going on here. So then I was cool on Altman. You know which one I've never seen that I should see is MASH. I've never seen MASH. Oh, MASH is really good. It is? It's really fun. If you like Nashville, you'd like MASH. Okay, cool. And the the joint sequel, MASHville. I love that. Wait, what? I said, and of course, the joint sequel, MASHville. Wait, is that for real? No, that was a bad joke oh. I just made. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad joke. Is that I just, for real? I, was just, I don't know. I could see it happening. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I love the the bit of trivia about how his son made more off of Mash than he did because of his uh oh. his theme. His son composed the theme song that was then used in the show for. When, oh, that's and really then funny. It went in syndication, and his son made way more money it's like off a of Mash. Millionaire. That's really funny. Um, and then lastly, I watched on the plane back from San Diego to Austin. I finally watched Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs. I hadn't seen it. Um, oh, I like Isle of Dogs. People didn't like it that much. I was damn weeping during that movie. It was very emotional. I liked Isle of Dogs quite a bit. It was actually, um, I liked it a lot, but it, it, for me, it kind of felt like one of his slower, more meditative mm. movies, actually. I guess compare, like I, I'm just comparing it to Fantastic Mr. Fox in my head, which is like yeah. such an absolute blast. Uh, but yeah, I liked Isle I of liked, Dogs. I liked Isle of Dogs more than The French Dispatch. Oh, really? I, the French Dispatch was so... I was just like, okay, this is so easy for him. Like, it just mm-hmm. felt like... And I know he kind of does the same thing over and over again, but I'm a Wes Anderson apologist. I like him, but I just was a little underwhelmed by it, I guess. I think what made me right. appreciate French Dispatch was it's it's such an unusual concept to like basically yeah. take a news magazine and turn it into what I found to be like compelling vignettes compelling short films yeah and put them together and i don't know yeah i thought it was impressive uh one thing that um was in the news this past week did you see that this production on um this new bill murray movie was put on uh hold well okay so the bill murray movie he was it was aziz ansari's movie which, that's right yeah because 
You remember we were, uh, I was at Musso and Frank's and Aziz Ansari and Bill Murray were talking to each other there. That's I saw right. them communicate yes. and I was uh-huh. like, how do they know each other? And it's from this movie. Yes, there's an anonymous complaint about Bill Murray's behavior on set. Mm-hmm. And I've always been a bit cool on Bill Murray. I think I've said that on this podcast. I said, I don't think he's that funny. Mm-hmm. And he just seems like a dick. There's been a lot of talk about him being like a dick. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. And he was really rude to Lucy Liu. Yes, and that's one of the I'm, awful Hollywood stories. Yeah. And now I just think the chicken has come home to roost. Is that what that expression is? I believe so. The hen? And I remember, uh, I shouldn't say I remember because there's a few years ago, but I guess that's technically an accurate term. Uh, but when, <laughs> when, when the news came out, it was peak in the brain of Patrick. <laughs> Go on. Uh, I was just kind of surprised that like, because there have been, there've been a lot of kind of awful stories that you could find about Bill Murray over the years that like, yeah, I'm just kind of. I remember his ex-wife. Yeah, she. Had Do you some, remember that? Yeah, there was. Some she awful was like, things. he's abusive. He's like an addict. I mean, she had some really harsh words for him, and it, he gets away with it yeah. for so long. So, yeah, I don't hopefully know. this is the reckoning. I should have beat him up at Musso and Frank's. That would have been a good idea. <laughs> All right, Patrick, it's my turn. Okay, yeah, go go go. On Friday, I saw everything everywhere all at once. I absolutely loved it. I I like I I liked it as much as all the the uh, talking heads. So for and, you, it's a five star uh, movie. On Letterboxd, I put five stars. Okay, yeah. can you? T- I give it it's three messy. and a half. Can you tell me why it's a yes, five I star it. movie? I think the, you know, there are problems with it. I think narratively, the script is a little bloated at times. But I just thought it was so imaginative, and it really affected me. On an emotional level, and I, I feel like it really took me to a place I'd never been before. And so I just, it's like, it's very subjective. I don't think anything beyond that, but it, I was very affected by it. I um, liked it quite a bit. And leaving, I saw it with Manuel and uh, his friend Matt, and uh, who's now my friend. Hi, Matt, if he listens. Um, he better. And I was extremely impressed how they had these massive ideas these like massive philosophical like ontological existential questions that like a lot of people kind of think to themselves sometimes and they were able to like operationalize it in like an entertaining way and so i was very impressed by that i was like they're able to like make this entertaining and while you're also kind of like reflecting all these big questions too but i feel like there's kind of an eye rolly no play on words because there's a lot of googly eyes in this movie but there is kind of like if you don't buy into the movie like the tone i could see how you'd be like "Mm, i don't know that's why when i I first saw the trailer i was like this looks awful and then each time i saw the trailer more and more i was more and more intrigued and started to get really excited about it and overall i really did like it and maybe three and a half is kind of low like maybe it should be a four um, it was a political I just three haven't, and a half. No, though. no, I just haven't thought about it at all until you brought it up. Like oh, I haven't thought about it. Once. Can't stop thinking. Mm, yeah. I loved Kihui Kwan too. Uh, it was so cool to see him. It was awesome. He was really good in this. I thought he was and great. His performance was amazing, and I hope he gets more work. Yes. Um, Same with Michelle okay. Yeoh. Th- she gets enough work. She's fine. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I want her to keep working, but that's true. She's pretty famous. Kihui Kwan came out of like retirement basically yeah, after yeah. thirty or forty years. Um, and then on Saturday night, I went to the TCM festival. In Hollywood at Chan's at Man's Chinese Theater, not Chan's Chinese Theater, Uh, and I got free tickets from Millie DeCherico. Hi, Millie. Hi, Millie. Who hosts? Who hosts? uh, I saw what you did. The podcast I produce, and I ran into her very briefly. We said hello the first time we'd ever met in real life. Oh, she was in LA from Atlanta. 
Yes. Oh, cool, cool. And we chatted for like a minute, and then everyone was going in to see The Hustler, which is what we were seeing, and there was a lot of chaos, and there was a lot of blue hairs there. The Paul and Newman I just Hustler? Felt a... Yes. Cool. So I, I saw The Hustler, and there was an interview with Piper Laurie right before, and she was, she was uh, you know, she's like in her 90s, I think, or she's late in her 80s, 90s and she now? was very... I Let me check. I love her in Twin Peaks. How <laughs> much she hates Pete. She's... She's 90 years old. Oh, my God. And she was very with it. And uh, they did a little kind of uh, f- a, a little movie uh, montage of all of her work. And it was really cool. And I love the, the Hustler, too. It was great. Had you seen Minnesota it before? Minnesota Fats? You can call me Minnesota Slim. I'd never <laughs> seen it before. No. Me neither. Embarrassingly. I've only seen The Color of Money, the sort of quasi-sequel. Oh, I'm excited to watch Color of Money, too. Color now. of Money is so, very fun. Although you might not uh, like Hustler, it because it features Chicago in some scenes. <gasps> no <laughs> but it is kind of like yes. an ode to the midwest though like it felt like it felt very comforting watching the color of money oh that's nice yeah well i did like that there was a character named minnesota fats yeah. that made me happy because <laughs> they'd be like Minis- they kept saying minnesota in it uh you should see it it's good patrick we got to move on okay here. just those two just those two cool cool but that's a great a weekend, that's a great though. weekend though okay patrick this is fart house have you heard of this little show? <laughs> just now learning about it. Just you're just informing you about it. Uh, we talk about <laughs> oh, the no, artsiest parts. Really, you're telling me that for the first time. <laughs> Do you remember when Donald Trump found out about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death? Oh no! What a, Do you remember uh, that? Uh, <laughs> it's what. Oh no! I'm hearing that just for the first oh, time. God. Oh. He he <laughs> it's the felt strangest nothing. reaction. He's never felt anything <laughs> by anyone's death ever. Uh so, yes, we watch artsy-fartsy films, which is why we're talking about a real artsy-fartsy one today. Poetry by Li Chang-dong. We'll discuss poetry and subject it to our proprietary fartsy test, which determines how impenetrable this movie really is. But Patrick, I must ask you, do you own this movie and have you seen it before? I do not own it, but I have seen it before. Oh! Yes. What other Li Chang-dong movies have you seen? Well, before we get into that... Uh, okay. We need to acknowledge why we're doing this episode. Or were you going to say it later? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm a fool. No, you are not. This episode is to dedicated yourself. to the one and only Maj. Thank you, Maj. <laughs> Thank you, I miss Maj. you. She's the sponsor of this episode and she chose this movie. Patrick, can you kind of inform why she may have chosen this movie? Yeah, so. And um, that sort of thing. One thing I love about, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things I love about my parents, but I also love that they're always open to trying new things. And uh, my mom had asked me, you know, for some movie recommendations and I sent her um, like my letterbox profile and like sorted it by, you know, my ratings. And so that way she could see kind of what I liked the most. And she decided uh, one day to watch poetry sometime in the last few months. And she really, really loved it. And it's kind of stuck with her a lot since then. She's been thinking about it a lot. And um she wanted to hear our takes on it. So she sponsored this episode. I first saw it in, um, it came out around 2010. So I was living in LA mm. at the time. I think I saw it at the, um, Casey, what was that theater? Um, gosh, it was one of the Lemley theaters. I might've been called the Royal. Mm, that sounds right. Was that in Santa Monica? Yeah, Santa Monica. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was that one. Uh, th- that's where I saw it. I saw this there. I went by myself. Cool. And I was just Loser. blown away. Um, but you asked me if I've seen any other Lee Chang Dong. No, but I know he has another one that's in the Criterion see- Collection called Secret Sunshine, I think. You hadn't seen Burning? Oh, Burning, yes. Oh, he did Burning? That was Lee Chang Dong? 
Y'all. Oh, I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that. Yeah, you should be. Oh. I should have remembered that. Yeah, I loved Burning. Burning is fantastic. Burning is really good. Mm -hmm. Also devastating. Yes, uh, very much so. But he did Secret Sunshine, right? I'm not sure. Let me check that. So I don't want to be wrong about that. Because I remember I've always wanted sunshine? to buy it in um, Criterion Sales and just never, like, there's always something that, like, kind of, yeah, Li Shangdong. Tragedy okay, follows a young Korean good. widow after she and her son moved to another town to make a fresh start. Um, Man. Yeah. In 2007. So, speaking of the seriousness of this movie, the devastation of this movie, uh, I'm just going to issue a content warning. There is There will be some conversation about rape because there is rape in this film uh we will try to handle it as delicately as possible although the narrative the story does not deal with the rape itself so we won't be going into much of that conversation it deals more with the fallout of it um but just to let you guys know if anybody has a trouble hearing any sort of conversations about uh, rape or sexual assault. Uh, this might be a difficult episode because it is a center port point of this movie. Um, but I just wanted to give you all a heads up prior to our conversation. Um, but Patrick, I'm going to do a brief synopsis. Okay. Here. Yeah, go for it. So Yang Mi Jia, is it Yang Mi Jia or Mi Ha? Uh, that's a think? good question. I'm, I'm not totally sure. I'm going to say Yang Mi Ha. Okay. Uh, Yang Mi Ha, played by Yoon Jong Hee, uh, is a woman in her 60s that lives very modestly uh, with her shitty little grandson, Ugh. Park Jong Wook, uh, played by Lee David. Um, she's kind of a flighty, happy woman. She's kind of like a happy-go-lucky person, um, laughing, smiling, looking kind of for the nice things in life. Um, but one day she is summoned by her, by the fathers of a couple of her grandson's friends, and it's six boys altogether. And the fathers tell her that a girl killed herself at their son's school, and it was discovered in her diary that the reason she killed herself was because she was continuously raped by these six son these six boys over and over again. And these kids are like 12, 13 years old. Um, and this is including Yang Miha's uh grandson so they decide together to pay off the mother of the girl so that it doesn't become a legal issue mm -hmm. and, and the it doesn't school leak out to and the, the cops and, and the, the press yeah the, <laughs> the yeah like the it's like kind of like everyone's involved or like the school some people at the school knows about it but they don't want the word to get out at all so they're paying off the mother of this young woman uh this young girl who was raped uh, and who killed herself. And the problem is Yang Miha does not have the money. She's very, she is like a part-time nurse essentially. Um, but so she, that's one of the main conflicts of the movie. And throughout this whole film, she's also taking a poetry class. So while this is all going on, she's desperately trying to find beauty and inspiration in the world to write a poem. Also at one point she is diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. Uh, it is a devastating film and it is very hard to watch at parts mm -hmm. and it feels all the more devastating for me because it's, I think it's, you know, I think there are some filmmakers that are like, oh, I want to make this feel real, mm -hmm. but by real, they mean like horribly depressing and every conversation is dour and sad, but this has like lots of moments of like 
levity. Mm -hmm. And I think it shocks you even more when something so horrific happens in a movie like this, when they do have moments of levity and like grace and comedy, even like there's parts where I was laughing at things that were going on. And I think that makes it almost harder to, you know, because you, you're kind of used to sad movies being completely sad throughout or tragic throughout the whole movie. But that made it, I don't know, a little bit more, even more jarring for me. This, this movie is just like, it's a testament to the talent of everyone involved. Because one, one thing too, that did you notice there was no musical score? I thought about that right when the credits rolled. I was like, oh my God, there was, and, it, and it's not one of those movies where you even notice it during the movie. Like, I feel like some, even some Ingmar Bergman movies, you're like, oh, that's right. There's no music in this. Like, you can just, t- like, it just feels very silent. Yeah. But I didn't notice it at all throughout the entire movie. I think that's a, it's a testament to the talent of everyone involved because they're able to, they're able, like, I feel like music sometimes can be used as like a crutch to tell us how to feel sometimes. Yeah. Or to like, I don't know, sort of influence like how we're supposed to be feeling about a certain scene. And all of this was on the backs of the script and the direction and the performances and everything. And I like what you said too, because I I was thinking about a movie that, have you seen, um, Beautiful Alejandro Gonzalez in year two's movie. No. So but I, I was just thinking about I that's funny you said because I was thinking about Babel and Amores Peros mm-hmm. in terms of movies that you feel like, oh, this is sad. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. throughout the whole thing. And beautiful like ter- turns it up to eleven. <laughs> like it yeah. is. Yeah. And you but you like are kind of in that mode the whole time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so what I liked about poetry is it's obviously an extremely dark and tragic and sad film, but there's like, there's like some happiness and beauty that kind of like gets through the cracks. And, yeah. Um, oh, it, there's, there's some true beauty and even sweet moments mm-hmm. that you're just like, that are heartwarming yeah. in this film. And the the ability to balance both tones is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's outstanding. I feel like, um, not to paint with like too broad a brush, but I feel like there's certain like East Asian filmmakers that like, especially like in Korean cinema, like Bong Joon Ho too. I feel like they're able to kind of balance tone better than many other filmmakers. Yeah. And I was actually, yeah. have you seen uh, the movie by Bong Joon Ho, Mother? No, but Trisha and I were just talking about this. So I saw Mother. I think came out a year before uh, this. And I kind of, they're kind of tied together in my head because there's a lot of thematic similarities. They're both um, uh, featuring an older woman as the lead. They're both caring for someone who's younger. In Mother, it's her son, but she's uh, her son is mentally challenged and he's accused of a crime he didn't commit. Um, in Poetry, it's her grandson and it's a crime he did commit. Um, admitted to. Admitted to. And so, yeah. but there are, and it's similar, like there's, some totally emotionally devastating scenes, but then there's also these moments that are like laugh out loud, funny. And, um, I, I think it's very easy or not easy because making a movie is very hard, but I think it's easier. You know, I think about a movie like shame mm-hmm. where it's like, this is dour and sad through the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's no scene where you're laughing or intentionally anyway. Yeah, that movie. exactly. Uh, and but, I think that's why parasite was such a big hit too, because, yeah. 
it was really heavy in a lot of ways and disturbing, but it was also really fucking funny. Like Parasite was really yeah. funny. And it's yeah. just like, it lands really and there's well. Like, there's moments in this movie that made me smile mm-hmm. and like, was like, wow, this is truly beautiful. And yeah, it was just, it was just so impressive to, of a, it was a feat, mm-hmm. frankly. Um, Patrick, I want to switch gears slightly. Here. Okay. Um, you know, something that I was thinking about, cause a lot of this movie is about a woman having to deal with a loved one committing an unfathomable crime Mm -hmm. and also like because there's so many shots of her just staring at her grandson like while he's like laughing at the tv after he's committed this crime Mm -hmm. and you feel every ounce of that you feel it so much and i just i think this movie does a really amazing job of exploring the feeling of it would almost be easier to get over like if you did something bad it's almost harder to get over it if it's someone you love did something bad mm-hmm. you know and wait as opposed to as opposed to what like you committing the crime yourself oh, ah, yes. maybe mm-hmm. nah, man, that's not true ah, take this back uh but you really feel no i see what you're saying grap- i think you i i could see that being harder in a way because it's like you've done everything you can for this for this person yeah, and you've and you love them so much, and you've tried so hard to show them that love. You've dedicated your you've life. dedicated your life to them, and then like this is how it turns out. It's just like I no, I think you're kind of onto something. It's hard to say definitively, obviously, which is harder, which is worse. But I think it's an interesting conversation to have. I think also she, I think she is struggling. She struggles so much with the fact that it's like I. I'm I'm helping my grandson get out of this jam, mm-hmm. but I also don't know if he shouldn't. I don't know. She's like, it seems like she's like, but he should be punished for this. Yeah, he should like he should be arrested. He should be in like uh, he should be like thrown in jail. He should be punished because she's clearly on. She she feel her sympathy is with the the poor girl who killed herself mm-hmm. and not her grandson. I no. don't think she and has with the mother too. Sympathy at the beginning him. of the film and with the mother. Yeah, at the yes. beginning of the film, she's going to the doctor because she's been forgetting things and she, her she has this tingly sensation in her arm, and we see you know uh, our protagonist um, Ming Jiha. How do you say it? Yang Miha. Yang Miha. She sees this. She sees the mother of the daughter who had killed herself in just utter despair. It looks like in hysterics because she's found And her heart is like going out. You can tell she's like very affected by seeing this woman Mm -hmm. whose daughter just killed herself. Yeah. So I don't know. It made me, you know, a movie it made me think of too was we need to talk about Kevin. Mm -hmm. I could see that. Because that movie, she is more, you don't, I feel like that movie is more about the mother sticking by her son no matter what crime he commits, you know? Yeah. And like, and she wasn't even really, mother. she wasn't in a position though to even like, quote unquote, protect her son. It's like he, the, <laughs> the cops were there. It was very clear. <laughs> yeah. He was taken into but, custody. But she stays by him mm-hmm. through all of it, where by the end of this movie, without giving it away, it's not clear. Like, she, it doesn't seem like she necessarily. W- Feels she should stand by her grandson. I think we, you know, because you know, we, tr- 
let's we can say spoilers because I do kind of want to talk about the ending with you. So spoilers, if you really spoilers. are interested in seeing poetry, you can skip ahead like two or three minutes. Spoilers, spoilers. So yeah. at the end, Yang Mi Ha, she's able to get together the five million won that is needed as her share of the payoff money. And oh, and this actually, now that I've brought this up, I kind of want to go on a little side tour to this man who she's kind of like a maid nurse assistant for. Who's an older man? He's kind of infirm, and she bathes he's him. He's a stroke victim. Yes. He's had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And what this kind of got me thinking about—I know it's—I don't think it's necessarily one of the f- main themes of of the movie, but I think it's probably part of it. Is um, you know how we care for the elderly and how um, what our responsibilities are towards yeah. the elderly. And I was thinking about: Do you? Do you, what are you, like, do you think about your parents getting older? I do, but I mean, I'm fortunate because they'll be taken care of. They have retirement money saved. They're, they're not going to be in a place of worrying about this stuff in the way that Yang Mi Ha is. And I do think about those old people. I mean, she's in her mid sixties and she's never going to be able to retire. Yeah. You know, but even so, like, what about the point where it's harder for them to even like do simple tasks? Oh my God. I don't know if I want to get into this because I have a lot of family members who are having a hard time yeah. right now. And so it made I me just, we this. don't have to go down the road, a but it just maybe right reflect now. a lot on that kind of thing. Yeah. And, oh, you know, getting older kind of sucks. It's just a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but, anyways, <laughs> a bummer. The, the old the guy ending. that she's taking care of is pretty horny oh. and wants to have sex one more time. And at first, she's. I think she's put off by it the entire time, um, but she decides. Why? Do, what do you think made her decide to have sex? Have with sex him? with him to blackmail him to give him mon- give her money. Do so you think that was on her mind from the beginning, or not the beginning? Yes, from one hundred percent. Okay, so yeah, so she ends up having sex with him, and she's able to procure five million won from him as a sort of quid pro quo blackmail situation. Yeah, they they go to the payoff. She puts the money. She finds her son in an arcade, takes him out for pizza. He's being an asshole. Takes him home and clipping his nails for him, which was interesting. Kid's like 13. She's like clipping his toenails. And they go outside and they start playing some badminton. And a couple of cops show up and take him into the car. And one of the cops starts playing badminton with her. (laughs) Her grandson. Yeah, kind of takes the place of the grandson as the other cop arrests the grandson, and she keeps playing badminton with this other cop that she actually knows from a poetry class, yeah, poetry reading thing. But yes, and an important note about this cop is like she was kind of put off by him because he was his his poetry was very vulgar and very sexual, and she did not like his poetry. She thought it was offensive. And another aspiring poet had said, "No, he actually has a good heart. He reported corruption in the police department in Seoul. That's why he got reassigned to this." small country police department. And so it seemed like they were setting the foundation for uh, Yang Mahi to like be able to confide in him or approach him with something that it seemed like there was a lot of corruption surrounding the whole thing, including the police with the, uh, the rape of the girl who killed herself and these boys getting off. And so I think, do you think that she coordinated something with that policeman? Oh, I didn't even think about that, that she called that policeman and maybe told them Mm -hmm. that wouldn't have been without that wouldn't have been outside the realm of possibility because she was a very honest and truthful person Mm -hmm. and i think this whole ruse to cover up 
her the crime was so painful for her because mm-hmm. she was such an honest and forthright person that at the end of the day, I feel like she could have done it. Mm-hmm. She could have she could have called the cops on him. That's not crazy. And maybe she knew that's why she clipped his toenails mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. you know, to like prep him for jail because they kind of came up casually. It wasn't like we've got it. it came, they came upon her as if she was the one to call. Right. Because they came up like knowingly that they would be there. Right. And there was no protesting her. Like she was just like. She was pretty yeah. calm and she didn't really seem to demonstrate any sort of like emotion, really. So, yeah, yeah, I think that was part of it. And I think she saw that something needed to be done. She was, you know, she's the only woman with five men who were all trying to get their sons out of this mess. And it was just disgusting. And they talked down to her so much. They thought she was this, like, stupid old woman. Yeah, they would, like, and... condescendingly call her grandma. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a function of something that I'm unfamiliar with. But it seemed kind of condescending Maybe that's a me. translation. Maybe it's kinder in Korean. Yeah. But they were very condescending to her. And I couldn't believe they were obviously all mo- so much more wealthy. I was like, why can't they just get the 5 million won between them? They were like making her get this money, even though they know she's so poor. Yes. Like it was just so insane. Also, did you look up the the amount? So it was 30 million won. Did you look up what that is in US no. dollars? No. Do you, did you? Yeah. It's like $25,000. It's like... So... That's, yeah, it's a lot of money, the, obviously, but also not but for all these those five other guys rich were like guys. Rich, yeah, the, and they were so. It was almost like. It almost felt like they were making her pay. To like punish her or something, mm-hmm. or like it was like a point. It wasn't about the money. Yeah, it was it felt more vindictive. just like. Yeah, it was like you shouldn't have I to don't get know out why. of this. Yeah, it was very strange, and it felt like they would somehow have left her and her grandson out hang him out to dry if she didn't get the money. Like, they would have... That's what it felt like. They, they would blame him mm-hmm. the, only if... Or he would be the fall guy for all of this yeah. if she didn't get the money. And then when she brought the money, they're like, oh, yeah, awesome. You got the money. Cool. Thanks. Uh, you want to hang around for a little bit? It was like, <laughs> like they were, like, dependent on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was so, so gross. It was it, so crass. They were just... They were having, like, a little celebratory drinks after. I was like, this is... So, like, how are these people have this... I don't know. Obviously, this is what it's commenting on is this sort of cognitive dissonance and how, you know, parents and society will will switch into the mode of protecting yeah. the perpetrator and instead of seeking well, vistim, uh, justice for the victim. It reminds me of the Brock Turner case. Very much. And that was the exact thing that was on that? my mind. Yeah. And and how the dad was like, Trisha brought this up, but it, the dad was like, you don't know what he's going through now. He can't even even enjoy his favorite meal yeah. steak anymore. <laughs> and it was like a a woman has been raped and you as I just it I don't know what I would do as a parent but like to be so oblivious and to be and to not feel that your child deserves punishment because those and that's another thing the men in this movie did not feel like the boys should be punished. It was all about like let's how do we get them out of this? But it, you could tell the uh, Yang Miha was like, these horrible boys need to be punished for mm-hmm. what they did. Yeah, I get that. Like, like there, it's it's like it's this instinct where they're like, got to do everything to protect them. But there has to be something higher than that. There has to be some element of justice and truth. And what they're like, the most important thing is integrity and truth. And that's what Yang Miha is very much about. That, and that is why I think. 
I feel like, I don't know if they explicitly said that, that that's what poetry is, that poetry is like seeing truth or like pursuing truth. Like, I don't think it was as simple as that, but I think there's some sort of connection there between poetry, like, and sincerity yeah, and, and sincerity yeah, yeah. And, and being true to yourself and how you're feeling. And so I think that, yeah. Is kind and of, also being sensitive and emotional to like the world around yes, you yes. and being aware of what's going on around you. And she's very much aware of the emotions of the victim's mother and the victim mm-hmm. herself. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, it was, uh, there's just so much going on with this movie with, men and like it, it, the the fathers it didn't feel like they thought there was no sense that they felt like the boys did really anything wrong no there was one father who like seemed kind of like what is like seemed kind of disturbed because remember like one awful dad was like well she was short and what she say it was like short and plain looking short or something. and plain yeah, yeah. and another was like well what if she was pretty and thin like that doesn't make it okay it doesn't matter yeah but... that was fucking weird but yeah, they were all. Uh, none of them were very concerned at all about, yeah, what their sons had done. They were just concerned about how it was going to affect them going forward. Um, I'm going to switch gears entirely now to another aspect of this movie that we really haven't covered at all, okay. which is poetry. Okay. Yes. A light, the lighter part of this movie, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I really enjoyed the poetry scenes. I liked the poetry readings. She sort of joins a poetry like reading club. That's where she meets that police officer mm-hmm. that makes a lot of dick jokes um i loved the, the you, teacher too of the class i loved the teacher uh i'm actually taking some drawing lessons right now patrick you are? so it kind of reminded me of yeah i am in i want to get person back in the or over zoom no online okay cool and, is it a live uh, thing or is it asynchronous does that mean like videos it's well, seen, it, i think it's asynchronous okay so there's not like a live component where in the no. sh- okay gotcha okay. i basically bought lessons and they're just like tutorial videos cool. but I how's it going them. so far uh, good i've always been a drawer yeah you're and good i like to draw yeah i i always was drawing but i want to get more i've never i've only taken one like technical drawing class so i've always been impressed with know. your drawings oh thank you i think it's really neat i think people who want to self-improve and take like a poetry class later in life i just think those those things are so nice and it just that made those scenes really made me happy that she was pursuing this she's like i don't really know why i'm doing it but I was inspired. I want to do it. Yeah. I like that, you know, there's this, I mean, I guess we we have this in American cities and it it definitely exists, but I don't know how much it's, maybe people are taking advantage of it and that's just, I'm not, but I love that, you know, she went to the cultural center and it's this like nice community place where these, you know, you can take, you can take dance classes, you can take poetry classes, you can, and you can, I guess the equivalent would be like a JC or something taking a class Mm -hmm. there or something. Uh, but have you seen any other good poetry movies, Patrick, about writing poetry? I have a few. Um, the one that kind of like comes comes to mind is um, I actually mentioned this on last week's episode of Beau Travail because the, the posters reminded me of each other. The um, Javier Bardem, Julian Schnabel movie Before mm. Night Falls. Uh, it's yes, a it's about a poet. poet. Um, yeah. Have you seen Jim Jarmusch's Patterson? Oh, yes. But love Patterson. That is a very good comp. That's like the ultimate like, oh, I'm inspired. I'm going to write in a little notebook right now, which happens a lot in this movie, Poetry. Mm-hmm. And I always enjoy those like little moments written in, a, written in a notebook. Did you identify it all? So like one of the early th- or one of the recurrent themes throughout the movie is is young Miha is really struggling with if she's 
like, what is poetry? Can she write a poem? She's like kind of struggling with. Yeah, she's like, why can't I write a poem? Yeah, like, she's like, how whole, do you know when you've class. written one? Did you think it was funny that like this semester long class, they just have to write one poem by the end of it? Yeah. I was like, mm. well, it, it was it was only a month. It was a month. Oh, it was a month? Yeah, it was a month. Still. But still, yeah. And did you think it was funny that no one else wrote a poem? Wrote a poem and they're like, who here wrote a poem? That was You were the supposed most... to write a poem. And they were like, <laughs> no, there that was to funny. Have been, like, even if you wrote just like, I don't know, like a, like a stanza. Some scribbles. <laughs> yeah. And of course, Yang Mi Ha writes a beautiful yeah, the mo- poem. Uh, <laughs> this beautiful poem. Um, you know what I was century. thinking of, though, during the poetry re- readings? What? So I married an axe murderer. Woman! Uh. Whoa, man! <laughs> she was a thief. You got to believe. She stole my heart and my cat. Do you remember that? <laughs> That's an incredible reference. I haven't seen that movie in so long. Oh, that used to be on. That used to be on uh, Comedy Central all. Yeah, the time it used to be on all the time. I don't it. know if I've ever seen it. It's an entirety. I've just seen like. No, oh, it's fun. It's a fun '90s San Francisco movie. Do you like the Dead Poet Society? I've never seen it. You have never seen Dead Poet Society? Nope. There's a car alarm going on in the background. I'm sorry, everybody. That's no, good. I haven't, Patrick. Huh? How come? Tell me why. I, it's never been presented to me. I feel like that was like inescapable for our generation. Well, I escaped it. Barely. <laughs> um, have I acted in a scene for an acting class from it? Yes, I have. Mm, a bit funny. But no, I've never seen Dead Poet Society. Okay. All right. Well, it's pretty a good. A younger Casey could have been cast in that movie, I think. Absolutely. You, you certainly could have been. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a good reason for laughing. It's just funny. You're mocking me. No, I'm not. My, my dad, every time <laughs> a commercial's on, he's like... My dad's like, you could have been in that case. <laughs> I, I'm not my. <laughs> it's just a funny idea. I was an idea. actor. I had an agent for a while. I know it's not. It has nothing to do. It's just like a funny notion that if you if you were born, I'm it, preppy. Yeah, you could have. You could have definitely been in it, and you would. Oh, good. Patrick, it's time to move on to the Farty <laughs> test. <laughs> okay, we're here again. We did it, people. Uh. This is a test we use to determine the fartsiness of a movie, which is our scale that gauges how impenetrable, unapproachable, and generally artsy-fartsy a movie is. We continually add and subtract from this list. It's a living document, much like the Constitution, but far more important. <laughs> Especially these Defo. days, am I right? Uh, oh, you're telling me, brother. <laughs> I don't want to get into politics, but they're there. Uh, are there any disorienting editing choices? I'm going to say no. I would agree with you there, Case. Uh, I don't know if Although this... there's some montages at the end, particularly of like nature and you're not exactly sure what's going on i think too this was covered by a previous question that i think we got rid of like the sound do we still have the music sound question no we don't i'm gonna kind of include it here because it is kind of a editorial i don't know if editorial a unique creative decision to completely forego music of any kind i thought was was pretty ballsy gutsy gutsy the first shot is a shot of the, or the first scene is the 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 girl's body floating down the river, and I thought that was a very effective and kind of scary because you're like, oh, something's floating. It felt very realistic. You're like, something's floating towards us, mm-hmm. and then as it gets closer, you're like, is that a body? Yeah. And then it is, and it's it's very, very disturbing, alarming. Yeah. Are there inappropriately long gazing? Yes, there are. <laughs> yeah, very much so. She's just uh, our protagonist is just looking at fruit and plants and. 
and her grandson as he's like eating chips on the ground and laughing at TV. <laughs> God, I just wanted to like. Did you? So one thing that kind of went. You know what, Patrick? Now, now that you mentioned, did she call the cops? I hadn't considered it, but she was like giving him advice at the end. She's like, wash your face. Like, I'm like, why is she telling him this stuff? And it's clear that she knows he's going to jail. Yeah. Yeah, I think that must have been part of it. Wow. Yeah. You really opened it up for me. Uh, Sorry, what were we going to say, Patrick? And I th- I wonder, too, if that's why she summoned her. So it was weird why it wasn't really explained, and there's a million different reasons, and it's not really important. But it is curious that her, she's basically the guardian and, like, is the primary caregiver to her grandson. But the mom, the, the kid's mom is alive and living in a big city somewhere, just as and not helping out or around. It's very strange. Yeah. It was, like, not... But then the mom shows up at the end, kind of seemingly summoned by Yang Mihi. Well, Yang Miha. And- I think, I think part of that was, uh, you know, she kind of goes through with the plan of getting the th- the five million won to pay off the evil fathers, and then the the fathers are like, "Ask your daughter to give money," and she does, and I think that's why she's coming to visit. But maybe she called her to visit. To like be like your son's in jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I think that was honestly what it was. Yeah, I think that's what it was because she went and kind of did the quote quid pro quo blackmail situation yeah. with with her, uh, the man Employer. who employed her. Uh, yeah, to pay out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there suicide? Yes, there is. There is. Yeah, uh, and it's very, very sad. And I don't know. I just it made me think about. COVID and how there's, you know, youth suicides are way up. Yeah, it's the second cause time, of death I think. on kids uh, 10 to 19 or 12. To and it's just so 20. tragic. And I mean, I think it's easy for people to say to kids, oh, you don't even, it's not that big of a deal. You're a kid. But like such horrific things happen to children. And also they don't have the emotional wherewithal to handle this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just, I feel for... I really do feel for young people right right now. Oh and my I'm god! Young, but how, like, how could like? I just don't even know. I, I don't just, know. It's hard it seems for like us. So much horrible stuff is going on. I mean, there's horrible stuff when we were kids too. But yeah, it's hard for us to say because we haven't like we haven't been alive like forever. So like, someone could reasonably argue there's this sense of impending doom all the time. It just really feels like where like things things are only going to get worse from this point forward. I don't know. I, I know. feel for me like my perspective is. The world's only getting worse, and there's nothing that it's, can be done. To it does it. feel like that. It's, it was interesting reading the book The 90s by Chuck Klosterman, because the 90s, there was a sense that things were going pretty well. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder when the next time we'll have that feeling. Yeah, I just can't again. imagine if you're, if you're a teenager, someone in your early 20s, thinking, having, being optimistic about anything. It's just Well, I think about this is a completely different issue, but just COVID and stuff. It's like, oh, I spent all of high school during COVID. Mm-hmm. Like every movie ever made about high school, I cannot relate to. Yep. Or and like, college. High that school looks college, so yeah. fun. And college. It's like that looks so fun. I get an experience that and like I don't know. You could throw your twenties in a garbage can for all I, I what a horrible time. I don't no one should leave that. But the, it is, but it's, it also it's, it, it teaches you a lot. It does, but it's so boring, though. You know, like, I just feel like high school and college is so eventful and things you really will never get to do again. Where things, experiences in your 20s, you could, a lot of them you could do later. Mm. I kind yeah, of I see like. what you're saying. So, yeah. anyways, uh, does someone masturbate? Is there a penis in this movie? 
I mean, the her her client. I I don't remember his name, but he. The, it's Kong K A N G. Okay. Yeah. He. He kind he. I mean, he sexually assaults Yang Miha mm-hmm. because he takes a Viagra and and like grabs, grabs her, her hand and puts it on his yeah genitals. So uh, we don't see the penis. We don't see it, uh, but it's like it feels. I don't know. For the question, it feels kind of ever present. Yeah. 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 Uh, Are there topics, images, or behaviors that go beyond what would be considered acceptable in a mainstream film? I would say definitely. Definitely. Yes. This is a very harsh, harsh film. Yeah. It deals with a lot of really difficult things. I think one of the central things that it deals with is like, how do you find beauty and happiness? Casey, I was when I'm keep wait keep going. Sorry. When when such horrific things have happened mm-hmm. to you like how i always think about serpico the real person serpico mm-hmm. they asked why he ratted out the other police officers and he said how could i ever listen to music again if i hadn't interesting and what was his like did he explain that at all because i'm kind of like what's the i think it just means how can you enjoy mu- how could he enjoy music how could he enjoy anything beautiful if he was did something so awful? uh i see because he like being shackled with that guilt, like how could yeah. you possibly? Yeah, that makes sense. And I just like I've had low lows in my life, but I nothing as horrific as what happens in this movie. And I just would be like, how how could I have a good day again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think it really yeah grapples with that question. I think I couldn't say it any better than you just did but the same thing was on my mind and a lot of not just in the like in the midst of awful things happening but even before awful things happen if if things are like looking sort of bleak or if things are looking sort of hopeless there are ways to find beauty in everyday things and there are ways to appreciate little moments that just kind of make being alive worth it yeah and it's that's basically it, like the little things. Mm-hmm. I just I just kept thinking about like this woman Yang Miha, and uh, I just think about the victim. The he Jin is her name, and her mother, and a lot of joy. You know, when I'm working during the day or something, something mild like that, and I'm like, oh god, how do I get through this day? The thing that gets me through hard times is, oh, this weekend is coming up, or. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything going on tonight or once this is over, I'll be happy. But when something like this happens, it's like, how can you ever be happy again? Mm -hmm. It just, it seems it's so, it takes so much work yeah, and it's so hard. And I don't know. It just, this movie really made me deal with a lot of existential ideas about life and pain and Yeah. There's a lot going on. There is. Uh, and what's we've said this before, kind of going back to like we said at the top, but like it it tackles these big questions in, in a way like it's on its face. It can seem like kind of a mundane movie, but they, I don't know, the way that it's written and the way that it's performed, you're, you're just constantly engaged with the questions yeah. the movie's asking. Absolutely. Or the, or the, it's the very things engaging. that it's putting in front of you. Yeah. Uh, can Peanut start watching this movie after 8 p.m. without falling asleep? This is a long one. It's a long movie, and it's... I mean, it is slow. Mm-hmm. Did you fall asleep? No, I watched it in the morning. 
Okay. But you could, I think, hypothetically. Maybe. I saw it in theaters in the evening and I stayed awake, but it is easier to stay awake in theaters than at It home. is. I mean, The Hustler is long and pretty slow, too. Oh, and is I was, The Hustler Trish kind of slow? Were, yeah. Mm. And we were kind of like, oh, I'm glad we watched this in the... Starts fast, goes, then goes slow. Okay, good to know. Uh, but we were like, oh, we're glad we watched this in the theater, because I think if I'd watched it at home, I would have been like... What's my little iPhone doing yeah. right now? Yeah. I should Ugh. see how he's doing. Fucking phones. Uh, is there an inordinate amount of milling about so much so this could be retitled the 2013 We're <laughs> the Millers? Yes. Mm, yeah, I'd say so. She's wandering around looking at a tree, a flower. Yeah. She's like walking to and from bus stops. <laughs> yes. <laughs> looking out the window. Yeah. Sweet Very lady. contemplative. Poster titillation level. I'd actually say this is pretty low for me. It's just a picture. It's like a woman's face looking out a window. And this, I'm like, this could be any sad drama. Mm -hmm. I agree. It's pretty low. So, Patrick, what is your score? 8.3. I was going to say 8.9 just because the devastation level is like so high in this movie that it's like a hard hurdle to get over, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. But it is a straightforward film. It's it's not like, you know, my mom sometimes is like, that was a weird one. Yeah. And it I think weird. also this is kind of awful, but like the, the prevalence of like this subject matter is actually very prevalent in our society. Like it's there's a perverse. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a that's an interesting thing. Like, I mean, look at the show Law and Order SVU. The fact that that show exists is kind of wild. That's a really an interesting point. I just think this was it. Was, so maybe the the content isn't that unusual or ra- rare, I guess. But in a film, it's not tackled like this. Right, exactly. So You're presented with it in a would... much different way. Yeah. It's not so... cops trying to find the bad guy. It's like a bunch of morally gray people making bad decisions. But you can. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's different. Different <sighs> presentation. Patrick, what's our movie next week? I will avenge you, father. I will save you, mother. I will kill you. What does he say to his uncle? I, I don't know. I can't remember the quote, but I will avenge you're you, doing father. a great job. I will save you, mother. I will kill you, Fyodor. The North. The new Robert ah, Eggers. Epic. Every time that trailer comes on and the damn scars guard comes out with his ripped muscles, Trisha takes out a fan and fans herself because <laughs> he's so hot. Leah is very excited to see the hot She's like, guard. ooh! <laughs> can't wait to see this film. He's a beautiful man. Uh, I'm excited. My crush is in it too, Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, love She's kind of my crush. Love her. And um, Kevin Ferguson's crush, Bjork. <laughs> yes, Kevin Ferguson's crush <laughs> Bjork is in this. Bjork. I'm excited to see this. I've been I've been hearing good things. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Do you like The Witch better or Lighthouse better? I that's a hard one. I'd probably say The Lighthouse. I liked The Lighthouse. Okay. I think that one's aged better in my mind. I, I so like too. The Witch a lot though. I'd like to watch them I like both the Witch a lot. again to see which one I like better. In my mind, Lighthouse has eclipsed The Witch in my We estimation. talked about this with our with our dear, dear friend, Luce, That's how right, yes. it pissed me off when people were like, oh, The Witch, it's not even horror. That you is an absolutely bonkers that fucking take to call The Witch not horror. I hated it, yeah. and I hate the people who say such a thing. <laughs> uh, but The Northman, I'm excited to see it. Uh, you know, I, we were talking about this. 
forgive me if we've talked about this in the pod already, but this is a summer of movies. I haven't been excited for movies in a long time, I feel like, mm-hmm. as I am for so many this summer. What's another one that you're thinking of that so you're excited So I'm just going to, Everything Everywhere All at Once was one of them. Mm-hmm. The Northman I'm excited about. Nope by Jordan Peele yes, I'm very excited very excited about. for Nope. Alex Garland's Men yes. I'm excited about. Crimes of the Future I'm excited about. I'm elated about all of those. Are you interested at all in the Nicolas Cage movie? Mm-hmm. Is it the unbearable weight of massive talent or something? Or No, I'm not. I know you're raging on Cage right now, and it's blowing up the Discord, but I'm not really that excited about Interesting. it. Interesting. Do you what do you what are your like why are you not excited? Do what do you think about Nicolas Cage? I like him, but I don't. I don't need to see every movie he's in. Okay. And see, I, I find him to be so fascinating. I want to. I kind of want to see everything he's in. I find more than him. His hairline is fascinating. Exactly. It's creeping <laughs> that's, ever forward. That's about forty percent of what's so fascinating is the hairline. <laughs> uh, every time I can, I I am like I am like a truffle pig when it comes to hair plugs i am like hair plugs i see him and she's like how can you tell i was like yeah how can you tell although it was funny there is a always tell lee and i i mentioned before we're watching sex in the city and there's a really funny episode where i think it's miranda cynthia nixon's character is on a date with a very clearly has hair plugs they've gotten better but the the problem is like the hair sticks straight up. Yeah, it doesn't have a natural fall. That's the best how you can is, tell. Uh, Tobias Funke in Arrested Development when his hair. I was thinking about take that over too, his body. Yes. <laughs> yeah, what was it? It's like host versus graft or something like that. Yeah, it's like killing him. There's a lot of. Jim Gaffigan has hair plugs. Jim Gaffigan uh, has hair plugs. Yes, he does. That's shocking to me. Michael Scott himself has hair plugs. Steve Carell has hair plugs? Oh, yeah. I know. I've heard that Brad Pitt has hair plugs. I wouldn't be surprised. Wow. But his hair is always so long. Yeah, but it's more about the line. I mean, I could grow long hair. It would just, I would look like. It's true, the line. I sent a picture to Leah the other day of what I would look like. I would look like, um, remember from Freaks and Geeks, Dave Gruber Allen? Yeah, oh, yeah. I would look like him. I just feel like the problem is a lot of times there's like this like hair wall mm-hmm. that men have. Like it's like this weird their their hairline does not look right. Right. Yeah. When they get hair plugs a lot of times. I'm very jealous of your hairline. You have a great hairline. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But Patrick, don't get hair plugs. I won't. I won't. Good. I might. Uh <laughs> Well, we got to say thank you to the Maj. Thank, thank you, you Maj, for picking this movie. This is a difficult one to discuss and watch, but it was a very good movie. Very good. So, um, well, that's us, Patrick. We did it. We damn did it again. Sure Can you did. believe? Can you believe? Uh, I met Tig Notaro, by the way. Wait, when? She was on one of our shows. When? Like uh, two weeks ago. Are you serious? Yeah. Cool. How was she? She's so... She, you know how there are like comedians and then like real God, like where they're like, it just, it's like an art form. Yeah. I just think she's amazing. I love her so much. It's so effortless. Uh, And I mean, she was just talking about fucking nonsense, you know, (laughs) getting, getting mistaken. Well, okay. Can I tell you one thing? Apparently, because the host of the show, Do You Need a Ride, Chris Fairbanks and her were roommates for like 10 years. In L.A. And or he New was York saying or... in L.A. Yeah. Okay. 
They lived in Venice together. And he said his favorite party trick of Tignataro's, which apparently has been talked about at other places, is she'll be at a party, someone else's house, a party, and she'll say, hey, guys, just a heads up, I'm going to head to bed in about 10 minutes. So... (laughs) And so people are like, oh, should we get going? And they're like, wait a second, this isn't Tig's house. That is so funny. If, if, you can just imagine her doing if, it too. Oh, so hey, easily. Uh, everybody, I just want to say I'm heading out. And she's so delightfully funny. She I just is love her so much. One of my absolute it favorite It was a delight comedians. to have her on the, uh, the show. I mean, she has a lot of legendary bits. The I just peed a little one, though. It's like an all-timer. Yeah. If if She's anyone listening got- has not heard of Tignataro, like you'd go listen. To she her has on a new special actually on HBO, and it's all animated. Like it's like animated segments oh, of stand up. Did you watch it? It's called Drawn. I actually haven't yet, but cool. Uh, Is it new material? Yeah, it's new material. New material. All right. New material, dude. Flaws. <laughs> it's new material. Uh, she also talks about getting uh, uh, confused with Tom Cruise. A lot, and she does kind of look like. She does. Like uh, anyways, that's our show. We're Fart House Pod on Twitter, on Instagram we're Fart House Pod. Patrick is Patrick R. Mallon on Twitter, Instagram at PR Mallon, Letterbox at PR Mallon. I'm Casey Lee O'Brien on all services. If you want to become a patron of the Farts, go to Patreon.com/slash/FartHousePod. Really helps the show. Truly, uh, we need it to help make this show. There's a lot going on with this thing. And uh, we got some cool stuff happening soon. So watch the space, everybody. Yes, watch, watch the space. space. Um, Patrick, what lesson? You know, it's funny. Gita on the Discord. We have a Discord now, and uh, she said I should. We should start doing the uh, lessons for next time. Oh, you the, know, the like, notes. Yes, well, you, the, the notes. notes yeah, because yeah. it was like a scolding Patrick session. Basically. Oh, that's not true. Most of them were. Uh, they were, but I think Gita likes the ones that are more scoldy in nature. Um, I yeah, I I don't have any for you, but I think this will be a bi- uh, uh, segment that when when it is appropriate, I will give you notes to improve the show. Okay, the show needs some improving. I think. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it. I need to a hear new paint it. job. That's for sure. Uh, what are you gonna do now, Patrick? Uh, Leah made this like chicken pozole that I can smell, and it smells incredible. So we're going to wow. eat that. And it's then, 30. oh, um, this is kind of doing like a little bit of a spoiler for next week's Letterboxd yeah. Rundown. Trish is popping in right now. Oh, she is? She's here right now. She's here live? She's live. Trish is live. We are recording right now, Trisha. And oh, she just popped on. I'm yes. Sorry. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say to the people? <laughs> Thank you for listening. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thank Her you, T. debut. Her debut. Her debut. Uh, what were you saying, Patrick? Uh, and we're gonna we're going to see the Brian Jonestown Massacre on Thursday here in Austin. Mm. I love that band. In fact, something very sad: they had fifty thousand dollars worth of gear stolen in Portland the other night. I feel like this happens all the time. It happens bands. so frequently; it's really tragic. But um, I don't know how the recovery effort's going. But anyways, we're going to see them on Thursday. So I want to show Leah Dig the documentary about the. Dandy Warhols. I've met the director of that documentary. She was on Switchblade Sisters. She's super nice. Ondi Timonor. How do you pronounce her last name? Yeah. Anyways. She's an interesting person. Oh, is she? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, have you seen Dig? No, I haven't. Isn't it about their rivalry with another band or something? Yeah, Dandy Warhols and Brian Johnstone Massacre. It's about their rivalry. 
Do you like the Dandy Warhols? I do kind of. I like Brian Jones' Time Massacre much better, but I think the Dandy Warhols had some fun pop hits. Mm, okay. Bohemian Like You is a really fun good. song. So yeah, what about you? What do you got going on? We're going to go eat at a Mexican restaurant. Yum, which one? And have some margaritas. Uh, Trisha's, uh, I haven't been to this one before. It's in Pasadena. Cool. Uh, and it's called Cabrera's Mexican, like, uh, Miggy Cabrera. Cool. That sounds great. Mexican cuisine. Excited. Gonna get that salt of the rim, 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 rim. It'll be good. <laughs> Love that. Uh, all right. That's us. We are the Cinephile Cuties signing off. Bye-bye. Patas. 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 Patas.